This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And this is coming to you a few days or quite a few days after Brentford recorded back-to-back victories. So I'm sitting here smiling. The rain has stopped. It was raining, absolutely teeming down yesterday. And the sun is smiling as obviously you can see the beaming on my face as Brentford beat Burnley 2-0 at New Griffin Park on Saturday. And we're going to talk about that. After they beat Norwich the week before. My name's Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my buddy Dave Laney Lane. Laney, 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 Lane. How are you? Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm still buzzing as well. Yeah. I mean, you can't ever tire of listening to that Free From Desire by Gala. That bounce, watching that stand bouncing, the euphoria of a victory. You know, they, it's, been, it's been a while coming and they're few and far between, but boy, do we celebrate. And uh, we're bouncing when we want, Bill, won't we? We bounce when we want. Apparently, we're not allowed to bounce when we want to, apparently, at all, actually. You know, when we win, you're not allowed to celebrate. I don't know if you knew that, football fans out there. There's no celebrations allowed. Not even when we score. No, 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 when you score. No, not when you score. And definitely (laughs) not when you win, lady. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But like I said to you, I am sitting here with the lady lane in the house. We've got, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the Burnley game, because that is a very nice game to talk about, because we won. Uh, What else are we going to talk about? We're going to have JB. JB's going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. Back-to-back wins. He's going to be talking about beating England goalkeepers and also penalties, of course, and late goals. And what else? We've got Jamie Thorpe as well, Leicester fan, who's going to be giving us the lowdown on Leicester, who we were playing on Sunday. Not Saturday, but we've got a game on Sunday as well. But um, tell you what, O'Lady, I want to talk to you because I want to ask you, have you bought your season ticket for next season? Are you going to be with us? I am going to be with you, Bill, but there's been a little bit of a fluff on my part. I, I missed it. I've got to miss the deadline, haven't I? Oh, I set man. my late I, man. yeah. I set my alarm for for lunchtime yesterday. My alarm's going on my phone. I'm thinking, why have I set the alarm for today? And I was just like turned it off, and it got to six o'clock, and I went, I oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's the old season ticket, and I thought. Uh, I can't go next year. That's it. I've lost my chance. That's, right. That's, That's it. it. Never go Brentford right. again. That's right. it. 
So, so who's going to? So, so anybody? I just would be interested to see who's going to be standing beside me in the safe standing next season because obviously Laney is not going to be there. So, uh, like I said to you, if you put your name down, you know we could have a good old chin rag, <laughs> a few pints before the game. In Ugh. fact, tell you something, we could actually meet Laney down the pub and uh, we can buy him a few pints and he'll be watching it on some illegal stream somewhere, which we do not agree with. I will let you know. But now, no, ladies, if any, if anyone is thinking of taking my place and standing next to you during a game, good luck. Really, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So listen, I want to say actually. Well, I want to let you know, Laney, actually, you've got a bit of good news because there's a bit of a confusion out there. So what happens, I think, with the season tickets is uh, yesterday US was the deadline to buy the season ticket if you wanted to stay in your place, particularly in the West Stand. However, if you decide that you might want to move out to another stand, you don't buy your season ticket by yesterday. And what they do is that online now, they will be giving season ticket holders the ability to see what seats that they can buy in the rest of the stadium. So what's happened is that you don't lose your suit at all. It just gives you the ability to see where you can go in the rest of the stadium so if you've already bought your season ticket you can't see where the available seats are elsewhere but the fact that you know if you haven't bought your season tickets you aren't basically you'll be able to find out where you can go and stand in the west stand or or in the north stand i'm sorry in the north stand or or the east stand lady we can sort of wave to you over there temptation mate we'll have a look like that's right that's right so 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 like i said to you that's the score on that front um, but however, if you look around and you decide that there is no seat that you fancy in the other stand, you can still buy your West Stand ticket or whatever ticket that you've got at the moment now. So it's not tying you down. So you've probably got, an, I'm not sure the exact date, but you've got another few days, if not maybe another week to actually sort of tie yourself down to the seat that you have. But you have the ability to look elsewhere. So it uh, looks like we haven't lost you yet, Laney. Okay, mate. Well, I'm sure that's made your day. <laughs> it definitely has but I tell you what did make my day Saturday did make my day I was going to drive to Burnley um, I, 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 the girls had a, a football match in the morning which got cancelled and all of a sudden that changed my plans immediately and I thought hey I don't have to sort of wing myself from North London down to West London with a carload of girls I could actually go on the train so I put my car down I got on the train because I was smelling a little victory, I think. And I went to the pub beforehand. I went to the pub afterwards and I had a very good night because Brentford beat the Burnley on Saturday 2-0. We're going to go away. We're going to have a little cup of tea. And we're going to come back and talk about that Burnley match. So, Saturday, New Griffin Park, Burnley. We're in town and everyone was billing it as a must-win game. Uh there's an argument as to whether or not it's a must-win game. I think there's more of an argument that it was a, a not-lose game. There was, it was interesting, this game as well, because, you know, when we played Norwich the, the, the week before, there was a lot of interest in Brentford after the game because Christian Eriksen had made his first start for Brentford and, and we won that match. But this Burnley game was an interesting one because, you know, not only did Christian Eriksen make his first home start, but also people were thinking, hold on a second, we're playing Burnley. So... If we want to concentrate on the relegation battle, Brentford, who are sort of out of it, but they could be dragged into it. This is the game where maybe one of these two teams we believe is going to be the one that might get relegated. Because if Brentford lose, they'll get dragged into it. So all of a sudden, there was loads of interest in this game from people all around. I mean, I did a a BBC Radio 5 interview with Chapman, Mark Chapman, on the day of the match, about two o'clock in the afternoon as well. And uh, it was was quite a long chat. It was about 10 minutes. I'll see if I can get the clip up somewhere. And we were talking about the game, but they were really interesting in, you know, into how the pressure is going to to add to Brentford and the fans and, you know, how our season has changed over time with the injuries and stuff. I mean, I was able to put them quite right on a lot of things because they don't see the the, the bigger picture 
picture as to what we do sometimes. They just sort of kind of see the sort of snapshot, you know, and I was explaining how our, how our season changed a lot after the Leicester game when, when Raya got injured. And I said, that's no excuse, but that is a fact. And uh, a lot of these pundits don't really talk about that. They just talk about Brentford being really terrible now and there's reasons for it. And there's also reasons for us getting back to being a better team. So that Burnley game is a massive game. And I think that... It's almost like the longer that game go, go, went on, I mean, a lot of people saying I couldn't see a goal coming, but the fact is that um, a lot of the games, I think we've been out of, not out of control, but as soon as you let the opposition get a goal in, you know, you're a bit on the back foot. But I think the fact that we kind of kept it at nil all for such a long time meant that we were on the front foot and we were controlling that game. And even though, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, there were a few people that thought that Burnley were controlling the game and they were all over us and they couldn't understand why we'd won and why we were celebrating. I thought that was a very good ploy by Thomas Frank to do that and then just turn the screw in the last 10 minutes, will it, Laney? Yeah, it, it panned out perfectly in the end, didn't it? But, I mean, there, there were moments, and you, there are always going to be moments, we're talking about the Premier League, aren't we? And then we're talking about a team that's uh, experienced and equipped uh, to survive. Um, for me, I mean, it, I think, going back to the, was it a must-win game or a, or a, or a must-not-lose game, I think we were kind of, after the Norwich, I think we realised that really... We were, if we were going to get relegated, it, we, we were fighting over that last position, probably the third from bottom. And I think the win um, against uh, Burnley at the weekend, it's, it's made us favourites now not to be dragged into that. You know, Everton, um, they lost again. They're playing tonight, I believe, or, um, or tomorrow. Um, you know, if they, if they lose, then you know, really the, the the momentum or the you know the crappy momentum is is, is moving well away from us. Um, you know, so so you know the, the seventy-five minute Jay Rodriguez coming off the bar, um, that that curly shot, that you know shot out of nowhere. I think when that when that didn't go in, I, I think then I thought, oh, hold on a minute, there's there's, there's a chance. But you know, um, Ericsson I thought was tiring, um, but he's still. He's, you know they're going to keep him on for ninety minutes, and I, I think that Tony was looking a little bit sort of down in the dumps a bit. He was he was snapping a bit at Brian and Bumo. Um, there was he, he didn't look happy, Tony. But then you know he said after the final whistle that it, it just shows you that you you have to you have to keep going because you know the the quality from the left foot or the right foot of Ericsson will will pick out a chance and it could be in the first minute or it could be in the last minute. You just have to kind of keep focused and making those runs and hopefully, you know, either a defender will be caught slightly on the back foot or um, Ericsson will see something that no one else can see. And we, we, we talked about this when, when he arrived, didn't we? we? We said that we hoped that Christian Ericsson would be the player that would make the difference between turning a draw into a win or... Um, uh, or a draw, you know, or a, or a defeat into a draw, and you know we saw that for the first time, or the second, you know, the first time really, because it was a draw. It was a nil-nil game, um, and Christian Eriksen was the difference. Um, and obviously, Ivan Tony had to find the finishes, but um, yeah, that was that was the first, I, in my mind, the first example of that dream coming true, Bill. That's right. So listen, I mean, we, listen, we, we're very happy. But listen, what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to relive Saturday afternoon. We're going to go back to the stadium. We're going to listen to the fans in the stadium and in the pub after the game. Brentford are staying up. We did it. 75 minutes gone. I was just praying for the full-time whistle to go. A little bit of quality from Christian Eriksen. Ooh. Pops it in the box. Ivan Tony. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. 
Don't get enough of this. This is what it's all about. The beans are staying up. We're having a party. I was confident but, but concerned. But actually, I thought they put a really solid performance in. Dug in deep. Had to dig in deep. But, and Burnley didn't come here to play much of the game. But we got it done. Two goals in the last ten minutes. No, a really, really good performance, I thought. Uh, good, good performances across the pitch. Nobody let us down. Really, really, really good. Good result and 30 points uh, with nine games to go. Fantastic stuff. Great game. Served to win. Ooh. They had some chances. Didn't take them. We had some. Took them. So, who cares? After a, 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 a kind of dull second half, you know, it looked like it was two teams who just kind of didn't want to lose. But then Ericsson just put the ball onto Tony's head and it was magnificent. And, and the uh, penalty just put the cherry on the, on the cake. It was absolutely fantastic. For the longest time, I thought that was going to be a nil-nil draw. For the longest time, they played well, but we played just a little bit better. It's fine margins in this league, very fine margins. Didn't see it coming. Got to be honest, I was, I was sort of satisfied with the point when it got sort of 80 minutes. I didn't think, I didn't think the goal was coming. But, you know, look, we, we, we stuck in there and then, you know, Ericsson created that bit of magic, that, you know, that couple of yards, which in a wonderful cross and, uh, and, a, and a fairly straightforward header by Ivan in the end. Fantastic. No, massive three points. Do you know what? I thought Bernie actually did a really, really good job. Like, the first half, like, it was actually really even. They had that chance to go 1 0 up. And when Ray made that save, I felt like, I felt like it was Arsenal awesome taking there. And then it's like having Ericsson, it just really made that difference. The early ball. And like Tony just did the business, and uh, I, I just felt like that was a really, really big one today, and it was a fantastic win. Two in a row, roll a roll. We were actually under the hammer for about a third of the game, I, I thought, and really we need the sparkle of, of Ivan to bring things alive, and I mean he can do that, he can do that, but. But we, we lacked a bit of oomph in the midfield. I've never really thought we looked in trouble at any point this season yet. I think if the result had been different today, I would have been a bit more worried. But if you look at the fact that it's the first time we haven't changed the side in two games for months and months, when we have our strongest 11 out, which was pretty much that today, we are a good side. We are capable of doing something special in a game. And we saw that today. We know we can defend now and attack at the same time. We're staying up. I was head in hands at uh, Frank bringing on. But I'll tell you what, he picked Burnley apart. They had us hemmed back. His passing, he made four or five really incisive balls, which for me were the difference. We started playing again, and uh, from that point on, we just looked a different team. We just picked Burnley off, and uh, I think credit to Frank for a couple of really good substitutions today, personally. I'll tell you what, that was so nervous, nerve-wracking. That you know, I was looking at that game and I thought, where are we gonna, where are we gonna pop up and get a goal from? But it was just two bits of magic from Ericsson. Wow, what a cross, what a ball in for Tony's header. And you know, when the penalty is coming up, we know what's gonna happen. Wow, we won two 0 didn't we? And that Christian Ericsson, he did the biz. And Tony, who never misses a penalty, he got another good one. When I reflect upon it, I was kind of confident, not overconfident, but I felt we were in this game. And although Burnley were coming a bit good, I just felt that we were nicely organised and we were getting rid of all our injuries. It's the biggest thing today is a clean sheet. Oh, we got a clean sheet, got the goals on, icing on the cake. And the cross from Ericsson was just actually delicious. He tucked away quality and the penalty. Wow, we know what he does with penalties. 
brilliant again. Today, massive, massive win. Huge win, you know, so we just got to jump on that, I mean. To be honest with you, if Rodriguez had scored that goal in 75 minutes, hit the crossbar, went in, I don't think we'd have come back from that because I think they would have shut up shop. But they didn't. We got the opportunity, got the goal, and then from there, just impetus, Tony gets the penalty, 2-0, great result. But it could have gone either way, to be honest with you, but fine margins, fine margins. It was a massive game, wasn't it? It was a huge game. If we got to win it, it was going to be a, a massive day for us. But yeah, 10 minutes ago, I would have taken the draw. Burnley battled well. Fair blow to their fans. They, I thought they were brilliant. They applauded Ericsson when he went over to take this first corner. They applauded the poor Brentford fan for his minutes. Applause for his unfortunate death. I thought they were great. But yeah, I thought Burnley came and done what they do. They were great. They're like a really, really good championship side, aren't they? They play to their strengths. Percentages, they're strong. They, you know, they're quite dangerous. But yeah, well, all it took was one bit of quality. Ericsson's ball to Tony. Just the one bit of quality that we were looking for. I was saying to the lads over there, the, there's a fellow in front of me. Oh, we were going man. And he turned around and he goes, Tony's done fuck all all game. I said, he doesn't have to. He, all he's got to do is what he's just done there. It doesn't matter. And when he scored the penalty, I tapped the fellow on the shoulder and I said, that's the second thing he's done all day. <laughs> but that's all that matters, isn't it? You know? But yeah, great performance. Ericsson's class. Like we're saying, Pinnock is just like absolutely brilliant, isn't he? He just mops everything up without any fuss at all. He just goes under the radar. No one knows who he's in the Premier League, but he's absolutely priceless for us, isn't he? I wouldn't swap any centre-half in the Premier League for Pinnock. It's brilliant. But, yeah, and at the end with the Hey Jude and the whistles on fire, what a party. It's such a good laugh, isn't it? You know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? So there you have it, the fans after the game and, and to tell you something it does make me smile when you listen back to the fans after the game uh, and, and you just hear and you feel the celebrations coming through the music in the background people singing along and that's the best part of the post-match podcast I know a lot of people come up to us and just say we actually love the post-match podcast because it's raw it's uh, unedited as you probably heard in the, in the Norwich podcast there was a there were a few utterances in that podcast which were just made which unfortunately I wasn't able to maneuver away from and so they they ended up there and they ended up live and direct and I think a few extra people listened to that thinking hmm that's very interesting what that gentleman has just said you know but listen that's what the you know the post match podcast was about people come and they say things and you know been doing it for what seven years now and I think the job is to kind of keep your eye on the person that's talking and just to guide them in a way that they're not going to end up spending 10 minutes just swearing down the microphone like you know but listen post-match podcast brings back the vibes of the fans after the game you can really hear that after that it's almost like people are just being you know in Norwich people it was like entering Star Wars bar like I said people if you you go back and listen to that now you'd still be laughing and smiling on that post-match Norwich podcast and then this 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 Burnley podcast again people were so happy afterwards and you you just realize that how important football is for people and how it does change their mood and when you win even though people trumpet on a brave face it is quite hard but when sorry when you lose they put on a brave face and when they win and especially when you haven't won for a couple of months then you win two games in a row people are absolutely gagging for it so it was it was good to hear that I mean listen I mean but we're talking about the celebration here you know people are celebrating but like I said to you Laney apparently we're not allowed to celebrate isn't that right well apparently as you say yeah I mean that for me it, it 
it was kind of like I could not stop watching. What? Sorry, this, what, what exactly? Was, well, I'm about to explain. Yeah, so there's a, tw- a Twitter clip that appeared on uh, on uh, on Twitter on the, on the Sunday morning, and it was taken from the Burnley's um, Burnley Football Club's official kind of commentary team, and there was two middle-aged or later middle-aged old duffers. Basically, I mean, I Phil Bird to, and Andy Hodgson were their name. Right, and you, you listen. I was listen. I right, so the bigger story is I, I, I listened to that clip, and I wanted to listen to some more. So I found like the live stream that was on YouTube, and I and I watched. Like, I literally listened and watched for the the last ten minutes of the game, and they were they were okay, disappointed, but okay. But when that gala track hit, when that free from desire, and everyone started bouncing, it was like an absolute trigger for them. And for, <laughs> instead of being disappointed, they just turned into the bitterest, twisted. Going, oh look at them! They're bouncing around like they won the World Cup or something like the that. European and Champions League. The European Champions League, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> or they could still win. At, they could still <laughs> lose eight on the trot. And yeah, it was it was absolutely maximum saltiness it was it was just just delicious mate yeah it was I mean after me like you as well and not that I'm childish <laughs> but we are both quite childish in our in our old ways like you know what I'm saying <laughs> I had to go to the the original YouTube clip which is the official Burnley channel and I looked at their sort of kind of basically what they do is they do one of these cam things where they put the camera on you as you're commentating all the way through and you know they're doing the you know kind of you know what is it you know corner Cornell to you know the left wing and they're doing the full on commentary bit which is all fine you know what I'm saying then these guys they did the process I think they went for the first goal and they talked about it real disappointment then they talked about the Tony penalty and the absolute disappointment there as well and it's just going through their emotions as they're going through the game but and I said to you it's quite tight because all you can see them is in the press box and behind them you can see a few Brentford fans and then they're celebrating and jumping up and down and having a laugh but then afterwards you could see their faces turned obviously at the end of the game when obviously the stadium just goes off and you can imagine the whole stadium is going off you know, singing, you know, you know, the, the gala song, like, you know, saying, you know, Weezer's on fire, you know, or maybe Tony's on fire. But the thing is, I said to one of my mates, I said to you, what I would love to do is that if you almost said you panned away from these two guys, you could see them moaning about us dancing and you could see the two of them in the middle. And because you, what you'll do is that you'll see they'll be completely surrounded by 15,000 Brentford fans going absolutely apoplectic. And that is the view that they can see because they'll be looking around them and everywhere they'll be looking, they'll just be seeing Brentford fans going, Going completely berserk, and it really did turn them off. Like you know, what I'm saying, it they were, really honestly, did. you could, you could, you could see it in the heads going, "Oh, we're not having this." <laughs> oh, we're, oh, we're, no, not only, not only have they beaten us, now they are absolutely taking the piss. <laughs> and and uh, uh, look at, I mean, go onto the besotted Twitter; it's still there. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a bump today and tomorrow because it's it's something that shouldn't go away. It was, it was really like, it was really like um, celebrating like they won the FA Cup, you know, Orient. Um, you know, all those years ago, but yeah, absolute comedy genius. So, well, thank you ever so much because that, that that for those two, they really did add to what was already a brilliant weekend. It was a brilliant weekend. We are going to add it to the information box as well on this podcast as well. And, and a lot of people, like I said, you were equating it to the uh, the Orient game, which was a, a long time ago. That was what 2013. So that's a long time ago. Again, for uh, the new listeners out there, you wouldn't know that. Just go and Google. Tell you what to do. Tell you what you should do. Go and Google on YouTube when we used to do YouTube videos every week our trip to orient 2013 brentford versus orient we beat them one nil at orient okay 
and uh, and just 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 have a look at that because you know we took what's it, it took a couple of boats down the river so it's got the boats down the river and then us turning up in Orient Orient gave us half the ground and it's a promotion clash because it was between us and Orient basically who was going to take the second automatic spot that year and Orient really stupidly decided to give us half of their ground and we went there and as you said just probably like we did the other day we took the absolute piss when we went there because we took the place over made loads of noise and ended up sort of scoring the goal and we ended up going winning 1-0 and we eventually ended up going up two from the th- from the third tier from division one to the championship and it was one of the best days ever for me, actually, well, there's quite a few best days ever, but that's one of the best days ever. But the fact is that their own, uh, their manager, um, Russell, Slade. Russell, Russell Slade, Slade, he very bitterly said on TV how we celebrated what we won the FA Cup because our oh, bench look at came look off. at them, <laughs> look at them celebrating like they won the FA Cup. Okay, but, so this is know. that this is the 2022 version of Russell Slade celebrating rather won the cup because we actually made a load of cardboard cups as well and we handed them out a few weeks later. You know when we actually kind of got promoted with Russell Slade's face on them. Like I said, so so you newbies out there that don't know your Brentford history which is cool we're probably with that we're just teaching you exactly what happens but to give us a big smile but just going back to the game uh, uh, Laney um, Christian Eriksen we've been very careful to not um, go Christian Eriksen mad but he he made the difference didn't he yeah we, we, we're right to do that and um, but you know the news this week that he's been selected to play for Denmark um, in the two games next weekend, um, it, the, the story just gets better and better. This is this is the best news story of the season on the football pitch, um, and Brentford Football Club are central to that. Um, and we're part of his rehab and his, his his return to the the very top of the the international game. And you know um, whether it's just for a few more weeks or whether there's you know the chance of him staying with us next year you know which is probably unlikely but we'll see but for the moment savor the moment and savor the fact that you know as I said a minute ago he is the one that's showing us what we're lacking um, and you know he's still is still going to get stronger I believe and we are going to see him score he almost scored on Saturday which would have been incredible, but maybe it was better he didn't because you know we might have seen a reaction from Burnley. Um, it would have been an early goal in the first half. In, in the end, that that two late goals um, it it meant that there was no wriggle room for Burnley. They'd lost that game as soon as the first one went in. There was no way back. I didn't feel so. Um, sometimes everything for a purpose, and uh, his 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 goal may come late in the game up at um, up at the King Power on Sunday. Indeed, indeed. So listen, what we're going to do, I mean, talking about wins, we're going to go to JB because JB is talking about back-to-back wins. We're going to hear what JB has to say with his facts and his funk. wait until matches 28 and 29 for our first back-to-back league victories of the season. The first we've had in the top tier since September 1946. It was achieved with 10 of the starters from the first league game of this season, and 9 of those who were regularly playing for us in the championship last season, Ayer and Eriksson being the two additions. Ivan scored yet another penalty, this time against England's Nick Pope, as he has twice already against England's Jordan Pickford this season. He made it three successful penalties in the last two games. Just to have three penalties awarded over two games has only happened eight times previously in our league history, but seven of those had at least one unsuccessful. 
The only other player to score three over two games was George Robson 90 years ago. Ivan has now scored 14 league penalties for us, surpassing Kevin O'Connor's record and is now our all-time top penalty scorer in league games. Saturday saw us scoring the opening goal of the game for only the eighth time this season. Six of those has ended in a win and the other two as draws. And again we left it late. This season, 28% of our goals have come after the 80th minute. The moral of the story must be, don't leave a Brentford match early. So there you go, JB with his facts and his funk. Back-to-back facts and funks. Ivan Tony scores penalties, beats England goalkeepers, as we know. And like I said, late goals. 28%, was it? So, or nearly 30% goals are very late goals for the Bees. So... As I said to you, don't leave Brentford early. That's I think that's your catchphrase, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, well, no, nine-month season is mine, which is the kind of the same thing, really, isn't it? It's just like, you know, it, it's a 90-minute game and it's a nine-month season, you know. it's you, it, An early goal or a late goal, it doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a goal. But, uh, yeah, it means means we, we don't give up, and um, that's been the story of our season. We, we've been true to our beliefs. Um, we knew that we had to wait until our our strongest team got back together. I mean, that was the other point that he made. There was, you know, ten, um, sorry, nine of the ten, nine of the eleven um, out on the pitch on on Saturday against Les, um, against uh, Burnley were the ones that started the season um, against the Arsenal game. So um, it, it shows you that we that was our strongest team, and we were you were right to point out that we were always going to struggle if that got depleted. Now we're back near full strength. We're seeing Brentford at their full potential again, or near to their full potential, and I think if we can contain that or continue that for the rest of the season, there's, there's plenty more wins um, still to come. Okay, just got to say quickly, briefly, just stats-wise, you know, looking at the top performers and listening to what Yellow Coat Man, as we call it, Mr. Hodgson and, and and Phil Bird were saying from Burnley, you know, saying that they were better than us. All the top performers in WhoScored.com were Brentford. Ivan, Tony, Ethan, Pinnock, Pontus Janssen, Christian Eriksen and Christian Norgard. Right, all the top scorers, all the top shots as well were Brentford. Boom, boom, Janelt, Eriksen, Canos and Tony as well. Like I said, we stole the ball from them often. We created goal-scoring opportunities. We created, you know, opportunities from the flanks and we were strong at finishing. And they stole the ball often as well from us. And also they created opportunities from long-shot opportunities. But they're poor at finishing. They're aggressive and they, they lost possession a lot. And we were caught offside off. The stats are saying that actually we were better than them overall, as we said. You know, we had 13 shots to their seven, straight up, 11 in open play and five to close play. So I think, listen, this is what happens to fans where sometimes you get caught up in the heat of the moment, as they say, and they came up with stuff which was quite nonsense. But I just want to say one other quick point, which is a little point for you here, Laney, as well. Monday Night Club, which I do start to enjoy listening to now. I'm starting to get enjoy listening to these Premier League shows as well. So Monday Night Club on the BBC and Micah Richard, who he, it's interesting because obviously his view, he's been very unhappy with Brentford. But when they won, they said, so Micah, are you a bit happy with Brentford now? And he said, oh, I'd always thought they'd get out of it. I told them they needed to play expensive football. And Christian Eriksen is playing, he's made them play expensive football. So once they've done that, I thought that's OK. Now, listen, I actually like Micah Richards. I think he's cool. I, I think he doesn't like us. He's cool. But I thought that's a bit disingenuous for him because it's, it's almost like saying, well, I'll tell you what, if Brentford get in, like, you know, messy, then they'll be OK. And it's almost like not looking at the bigger picture. I mean, I know you've probably got a little view on that, haven't you, Laney? Yeah, no, I, I listened to it um, as well, and um, he got he got called out by everyone else, Mark Chapman and the other people on the court. They they called him out and said, "No, you didn't say that. You 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 slated them basically." And he said, "You know, we were overrated, and you know, we were you know disappointing." Um, but 
again, you know, it, it, we needed our full strength team back. I just don't think he fully understands. I don't think he fully understands a lot, actually. But it's uh, he's just a giggler. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably a nice bloke, but yeah, I don't think he's uh, a great pundit. I, 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 I because what happens is that interestingly, he said there was another team. I can't remember. He said I think it might have been Leeds, and he said it was either Leeds or Norwich. He said to them, "Listen, I said if they carry on playing that expansive football, they're going to get crushed. So they need to be a little bit harder and start being a little bit clever and sort of street." wise in their football I'm pretty sure that he said that and I was thinking well that's ironic because you're telling us that we need to play expensive football and you're having a go at us for being sort of less street wise so for me I thought that was interesting go and have a little listen to that but anyway look we're okay three percent chance of relegation now we're all very happy we've beaten the Burnley what we're going to do now is we're going to take a little chill a little drink we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Leicester so Saturday, we've got a big game. They're all big games, aren't they? I suppose this is still another big game because it's a juncture. I'd say for the bees, a juncture. I like using that word. And it's a juncture because it means that we can go in one direction or the next, I think, with this game, especially with the international break coming in. We obviously want to go into the international break with a warm feel in our stomach. We're playing Leicester away. The game is actually on Sunday afternoon because Leicester are playing home in the uh, European, some other European Cup, which I don't even know what it is. I'm sorry, not familiar sorry, with the Bill, Champions League. Bill, who are they playing again, mate? They're playing Hong. Oh, oh, right. They're playing Hong. I thought, you know, I thought that's what you said. That's right. You know, This is harking back to the old days, man, when we used to sign players from France. And, you know, I used to be able to practice my French. <laughs> but I can't anymore, so I have to wait until teams like Leicester come along and they play teams like Hong. Uh, which is all good. So we don't know how they're going to get on. I I, I can't remember even. Uh, you know, I haven't done my research how they're going to get on in the uh, in, in in the second leg of this European next European Cup, whatever it's called, because they keep on just making up more. It's the, con- it's the conference Cups. league, isn't it? Is it the conference? Okay. Yeah. So uh, the conference. Um, Leicester are two 0 up from the first leg at the King okay, Power. Which is all so good. Okay, so yeah, so it looks like they might get through. So hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be celebrating all the way through to Sunday. Uh, with, uh, who who are they playing against? again, Bill? They're playing at home. Oh, That's who they're playing, actually, you know. You okay. should try it sometime. Yeah, so anyway, so listen, we, we, we had Leicester come down to New Griffin Park. Uh, well, they've been down there quite a few times, to Griffin Park and New Griffin Park in the last few years in the FA Cup, and they gave us a bit of a tonking. And then they came down in the, uh, October, it was, and they gave us a bit of a tonking then. It wasn't a tonking as such, but they beat us as well, which is a little bit upsetting. Uh, but things have changed in Leicester since they came down at that time. So we're going to go over to Jamie Thorpe, or Thorpey, as they know him. He's going to give us the lowdown on Leicester. Hello, my name is Jamie Thorpe. I'm a lifelong Leicester City fan and season ticket holder, as well as podcaster and broadcaster, mainly covering everything about the Foxes. In terms of this season so far, um, the season's not exactly going well. I I think that it would be a stretch to take many positives out of it. Um, Our league position is hugely underwhelming. Uh, We crashed out of the Europa League and we're just about clinging on in the um, Europa Conference League, at the time of recording at least, ahead of our second leg in France. Um, And thoughts on Rodgers are fairly similar. I think that there were many Leicester fans that did and probably still do want him gone I don't subscribe to that thought because I think there are several mitigating circumstances we've had one of the worst injury crises that I think certainly in my lifetime that I can remember whether other Premier League clubs have suffered 
something akin to this remains to be seen as well. We've lost key players in key positions at all the wrong times. Fafana obviously hasn't appeared all season in what was going to be a huge, huge season for him as well. He was immense towards the back end of last year. Uh, but added to that, we obviously lost James Justin, Johnny Evans, Ricardo Pereira, Timothy Castagna. Uh, we've even been missing the likes of Vardy, Madison, Ndidi, Inacho, Barnes have all spent time out of the team. And at some points we've had to cobble together um, defences. We've had our fifth choice centre-backs, starting as the rock at the heart of our defence. We've had youth team players drafted in. We've had centre midfielders playing at centre-back. It's been a nightmare situation in a season where we had a lot of football to play. So there are mitigating circumstances. But one of the biggest criticisms against Brendan Rodgers is our woeful, embarrassing set-piece record. It's the worst in the league by some way. If you told me it was the worst ever recorded in Premier League history, I'd believe you. Um, it, we're, we're horrendous. Every time we get a corner, whole stadium greets that with bated breath, thinking, oh God, here we go again. So this could be an interesting game considering Christian Eriksen's presence, but I'm sure we'll come to that. The game last year, um, my enduring memory is the quality of goals that settled it. I think it's fair to say that whilst maybe smash and grab is a bit strong, but Leicester, it was a hard-fought win. It'd probably be the most um, rosy view that you could put on it. I think the Tillemans goal is one that is arguably in line for goal of the season, certainly for Leicester. Um, And then the counter and the breakaway that settled it was a moment of real, real quality. Um, It just felt like Brentford lacked that sort of clinical, lethal edge that you need in the Premier League at the time. Um, I think you came into the game off a massive, brilliant win against Man United. And so it was, we expected that if chances came, they'd be taken. But that wasn't the case, unfortunately, for Brentford. Leicester did well to hang on and get the win, especially following what had been a gruelling trip to uh, Russia and back. So whilst it is a game that we possibly didn't deserve to win... um, I'll still take the three points on that one. Leicester this season, yeah, unpredictability is something that you can be sure of. You never really know from game to game what performance you're going to get. Um, I think in recent games we've struggled against Arsenal, beaten Liverpool, struggled against Leeds but won somehow, beaten Burnley convincingly when they're on a good run. You never really know which Leicester side you're going to get. Um, Obviously, much of that has been due to the injury record, which I've mentioned so far, the combinations that we've had to chop and change constantly and players coming in and out of form as well. One who is obviously key to when Leicester play well is James Madison. And the biggest headache for Rodgers at the moment is finding a system that works with James Madison without Jamie Vardy because Madison needs to play in behind a a striker who plays by themselves. Um, And at the moment, Iheanacho and Patsendaka are not Jamie Vardy, who is anyone, but... That is probably one of the reasons that we can be, you can understand the inconsistency. So I'm obviously hoping that we arrest this on Sunday. In terms of who you should be looking out for in Leicester and who is the exciting player that's getting Leicester fans going at the moment, I think it's it's always nice to have a player from the local area in your team. It's something that not many clubs in the Premier League can boast in huge numbers. So the fact that our entire left side 
is from an LE postcode is something that we're, we're hugely proud of. So you have Luke Thomas at left back, Harvey Barnes will probably start in front of him on the wing. And Kin and Dewsbury Hall has enjoyed a massive breakout season. He was on loan at Luton not all that long ago, thrust into the side probably earlier than he would have imagined even himself, um, thanks to the injury record. But to say that he's taken his chance with both hands is a massive understatement. He's been phenomenal, full of running, full of commitment, but also with a real quality on the ball. He's a very good dribbler. He's very quick. Um, and I think he adds a whole new element to our midfield. There's a great potential balance in there. If we can find a way to get him, Madison, Ndidi and Yuri Tillemans all playing together, then we've got a lovely blend. It's, a, it's the challenge for Rodgers to pick that out. Um, aside from him, the other player for me is Harvey Barnes. He's hugely exciting, massively direct, very, very quick and one of the best dribblers 1v1, I think. Um, in you know He's got to be up there in the league and... You'd like to think if he can continue this form, he might be able to get himself at least looked at for the England squad. I think he's been in that good a form recently and he has been excellent at home. So those would be the two and three players that I'd be, I'd be keeping my eye on. It's not hugely to surprise to say which team has surprised me in the Premier League this year and that it has to be West Ham. I think that they've performed very well. They've been pretty consistent with, despite a severe lack of spending, in January. Um, I think it's a real shame that they didn't back Moyes a little bit more in the transfer market, actually, because it would have been very interesting to see just how much pressure they could have put on the boys around them had they been given a bit of backing. But they've been a breath of fresh air. It's always nice to see a team challenging the traditional big six. And I think that something as Leicester fans, I don't think any of us will begrudge seeing a team like West Ham doing doing that. Um, we'd obviously just rather it be us, but that goes without saying. Um, and again, teams that disappointed us. Um, I'm, it's been a shame from my point of view to see Leeds playing the way they are. Um, although they're, again, they've been massively mitigated by injuries. So let's see what happens when they get Bamford back and running. But Everton are the ones, aren't they? Spent a humongous amount of money, wasted money on, on horrendous signings. And I think they're in real trouble. Um, you do wonder what, whether certain players in that squad have got the mentality for a relegation battle, some of them will have never done it. So it'll certainly be interesting to see um, who ends up in in that last relegation space because I think the first two are more or less sewn up. Um, yeah, and speaking of that, I think Norwich and Watford are more or less dead and buried. I think Watford have given themselves half a chance with their recent win, but it's them gone. So really you're looking at Everton, Leeds and Burnley, I suppose, and... I'd like to see Burnley stay up purely because whether this is an unpopular opinion or not, I really like Sean Dyche for some reason. He's anti-modern football in almost every way conceivable, but you've got to love the uh, <laughs> the ginger Mourinho. Um, but looking away from from there, my my gut feel says that Leeds are in trouble. So well, it will remain to be seen. At least it's interesting down the bottom, and I'm very glad that we're nowhere near it. The game against Brentford is very difficult to call because I never really know which Leicester side are going to turn up. Um, Brentford as well, I think you've been a little bit inconsistent this season in terms of your performances. Uh, but there is certainly a good team there, a good squad that are able to put in a good show on the day. So it will certainly be very interesting. I'm hoping that we haven't got too much of a hangover from our European game tomorrow night, like Thursday night. 
but you never do know. So I think a lot will hinge on the big players and how they step up. Uh, Christian Eriksen already alluded to how well he's been doing from set pieces. We all know how good he is there and the weakness that we have at our end. So it'll be interesting to see how, how he does there. Um, but I think the game will be won and lost in the middle of midfield. Who controls the ball? Who moves it around? There's a lot of technicians on that pitch. I think Euro Tillemans is due a big performance. James Madison due a big performance. And if they can get our front players going, I'd like to see Adam Ola-Lookman given a run out. I think he's an exciting player when he's given consistent ball in places where he wants it. So it'll, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting game at the very least. Um, my score prediction is going to... I've got to be... I've got to back Leicester, really. Um, probably not for any reason I can explain other than I've got to be optimistic and <laughs> every time I predict them to lose they do so I'm not going to um, and I'll say we're never keeping a clean sheet we just don't do it we've done it twice this season three times a season or something ridiculous once it was Liverpool by all, of all teams um, but I would expect that it's going to be 2-1 to Leicester um, and I'll say that my, my man Harvey Barnes is going to be the guy to to get the goals for Leicester Um Thank you very much for having me on the pod, as always. Um, I really appreciate it. Got a lot of time for Brentford as a club. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Thomas Frank, and he was an excellent man. I think he's doing a great job there. So um, looking forward to the game, hoping that you all enjoy it as well, but obviously not as much as the boys in blue. And I wish you all a safe trip to and from the game if you're coming up. Cheers. So there you go, Jamie Thorpe giving us the lowdown on Leicester. And he's, he's not very happy actually he's uh, a little bit disappointed with their season um, because of just the various reasons and uh, I'll tell you something I thought it was quite interesting because it just goes to show you the parallels that we have and you know we live in our own little world our own little Brentford world and we think that we have a number of problems but then when you go to speak to teams um, or fans of other teams and they sometimes have the same problems I mean he talked a lot about the injuries that they've got and he said they've got a plethora of injuries. Uh, and then he went through the different injuries he had, they had and the players that they had out. And maybe you think about the players that are coming in. And I just thought about that. I thought, tell you something. Ironically, our injury started at the Leicester game. David Raya got injured and that was massive for us. And then we had Aya that got injured in and around the same time. And he was out for ages as well. And then we had a plethora of injuries. Now, I suppose the difference between us and Leicester is that when we have an injury and the player that we replace them with isn't you know well put this way our record signing is 13 million you know Ivan Tony's 5 million you know what I'm saying so we're replacing them with like 3 million and 2 million and 1.5 million and you know 500,000 which is the case of uh, of, of Yanelt like you know what I'm saying so again you could see the difference here so Leicester you know they've got injuries you know so they've had to bring in other players in but you know they're already at a, a level higher than us so it just goes to show you that you know when you're kind of probably in that mid band of teams in, in the Premier League the same kind of things affect you, and and it, and it seems to have affected Leicester quite badly, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I guess it's relative, isn't it? You know, they we have to we have to kind of remember that they won the the Premier League title uh, in the last decade, and you know, it was just an incredible high for them, and it's probably you know you can argue the fact that it's, it'll it'll never be repeated, um, and I guess it just raises the bar and the expectations, and you know, we, we've we've been finding that as well, haven't we? Where fans kind of they they almost not not forget where you've come from, but it's easy to get swept away with uh, you know higher better more wins uh, beating Man U beat Liverpool you know I, th- I think they're probably sort of settling back to 
to where their kind of natural place in the pecking order is. And I, th- I still think it's you know disappointing as you know they'll they'll be looking at the league table as it stands and say they're you know they're only three points ahead of Brentford and we we've we've struggled so they've only struggled a little bit more than us and um, they've had the European uh, Europa League experience and I know that Gary, Gary Lineker. Um, he took he, he he stood down from his role at BT Sport, I think, to to follow Leicester um, home and away in Europe, and um, he's he's you know they're now in that conference conference league, which is kind of a bit Mickey Mouse, but you know there's still there's still um, some European excitement, you know, from a fan's point of view, travelling away um, around Europe is the stuff that dreams are made of. You know, we still harp on about the, the Anglo-Italian trips that we had. So you imagine if we you know we had wrong whoever whoever you say it on a, on a Thursday night or we were going off to Bruges or you know places in Holland and you know here there and anywhere you know it, it would be such an incredible uh, adventure for us so they've still got that um, they're still an established Premier League team they're not they're not going down um, obviously um, and nor are we and I guess you know as you mentioned it's important that we go into that international break on a high you know question is can we make it three wins on the trot that would be incredible would be massive I think that might be one one step too far for us but can we get a point um, but we're in a fortunate position now um, those two wins have brought us a little bit of uh, comfort in so much as that we don't have to we, we're not sitting here scratching going when on earth is that first win going to come how are we going to win again we've done that we've done it twice now um, we're kind of obviously still looking a little bit peeking over the shoulder seeing how the other clubs are doing but it's it's their scrap um, we we can we can pick up a point now where two three games ago point wouldn't be quite enough it still would have been better than none and we had to stop the rot but now a point is fine you know maybe you know if we do win um, we start setting um, higher standards you know we we, we, we push for reeling in Brighton next and you know and getting in with those proper mid-table teams and if we could we can finish in and amongst those um, that would that would be stunning in the first season but we're still you know if we finish exactly where we are I still think that's a, a pretty pretty cracking first year in this this division bill yeah I mean you're saying that as well I mean, it's the point that you're actually making there as well because you were talking about them playing Hong as we say and you're talking about playing in the Europe, Europa Conference League which is the league which is sort of one step down from the Europa League okay which they got eliminated from now it's interesting because you know for us trying to work out what days the matches are going to fall on you know, I sort of sat down there. You're trying to sort of kind of predict how the teams will do, you know, when they're playing against the teams. Like, you know, we're playing West Ham in a few weeks' time. And the fact is that if West Ham actually beat Seville, then our game's going to move to the Sunday. So if you're trying to plan things in, in, in around your life, in, in effect, you sort of sit down there trying to predict how these teams are going to do to work out how your life is going to go at the end of the day. You know, are you going to be busy on the Saturday? Are you going to be busy on the Sunday? And it was exactly the same thing with Leicester because we were trying to work out, you know, whether or not this Leicester game is going to be off, going to be on. You know, I was trying to book a few things around this weekend. And, uh, but I was potting them up beforehand, OK? Potting us up beforehand. And when the previous teams that they're playing, interestingly, like I think there's the Russian team, um, we sometimes go to, as we call it, the Benham Worldwide Justice League. Okay, and there's this Worldwide Justice League which Matthew Benham has, which he uses to pit teams against each other 
all over the world, okay? And they use all these different stats. So what they'll do is it's really interesting to see how different teams pit against each other. And I was looking at the teams that Leicester are playing. And some of the teams that Leicester are playing in that Europa Conference uh, League were like they were like bottom championship, maybe even like division one type teams as well. When you put it into this worldwide league. Now a lot of people say, ah, it's a load of nonsense. Okay, fair enough, but that kind of gives you the idea of the quality and there's 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 factors how they work that out, which is quite interesting. Now that they've got to this stage, is when you get to the latter stage, West Ham were exactly the same actually with the Europa League as well. A lot of the teams that are playing we're very much a lot below them as well in this worldwide justice league as they call it you know what i'm saying but now you get to the latter stages that's when the stronger teams came and huh have you call it like i said in the worldwide justice league we're looking at 538 here and they're actually 37 in the world whereas uh, leicester is pitted around about 50 this is statistical wise it's in the chance they create in the chances they're letting in as well so they're actually playing a team which is probably about sort of 10 15 places higher than them which means that they've actually done pretty well to go in with a 2-0 lead in the first half so the second leg could be actually quite interesting to see actually who goes through and around in and around them are teams like you know juventus crystal palace around there as well psv walls real sociedad brighton brighton are right up there as well 31 up there as well Lazio at 30 West Ham are in up there at 29 whereas like I said Leicester interestingly around about 50-ish again around Strasbourg Cologne you know Osasuna Eintracht um, Getafe Southampton below them but interestingly Brentford now are actually at 61st place so we're actually so we're not too bad sitting there you know with uh, Marseille just below us Newcastle just below that as well they've come right up you know and just above us are teams like Getafe um, Southampton and Union Berlin so that's interesting and Fulham to be honest you actually they've, they've touched right in they've gone right in at 71 Fulham. now they were like well but yeah where are they Fulham who, are, right. who are they I'm oh, sorry I've never heard of them actually Down, somebody actually just lower league somebody's got a card lower league lower football? league oh, it, right, is, okay. it is lower league football yeah ironically Celtic are just below Fulham as well if you want to talk about lower league football <laughs> you know so uh, so yeah, so I'm just trying to say to you that this could be an interesting game so it's not a given that Leicester are going to go through it's going to be a quite a tight match by according to the the, the, the worldwide um, uh, Benham you know uh, Justice League but you know like I said that's, that's quite interesting but um, you know just coming back to to, to, to to, to our game I mean Laney uh, listen you know uh, I could say Jamie he talked about you know he talked about obviously his injuries and they talked about um, a few other things but what I thought was quite interesting just looking at um, Leicester itself I mean they played Arsenal uh, their last game and uh, to be quite honest with you and again this is not a disrespect to you I'm just looking at the facts they weren't great you know they lost 2-0 you know um, what Leicester what their the, the, the strengths in that game is they stole the ball often from the opposition but not much else they're poor at finish, finishing they're aggressive and they gave away a lot of free kicks and basically Arsenal were all over them in that game you know 21 attempts to 6 I haven't even got the XG I haven't even bothered looked at that you know what I'm saying but just looking at that game it looks like that Leicester weren't particularly in that game looking at it from an overall perspective Leicester are good at coming back from losing positions they're good at creating chances through through balls and also finishing scoring chances. So we saw that at our place, you know, Tielemans and that, like the goals that they score when they get on the ball, you just can't give them the opportunity to get a shot on. But the weaknesses, aerial duels, defending counter-attacks, defending against long shots, protecting the lead, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, very weak at stopping opponents from creating chances and very weak at defending set pieces. And obviously, Jamie said as well, they're not very good at set pieces. So Laney... I know what you said. I'm 
I've been looking at this game for quite a few weeks now, just thinking it may be a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel where we actually may get some points that we're not expecting. Yep, yeah, um, we owe them as well. You know, they, they knocked us out of the FA Cup two years on the trot, um, and I thought it was, uh, um, I wouldn't say undeserved, but I, I thought the game at our place earlier on the season, that, that could have been a draw. Um, you know, we, there was a, you know, obviously that worldie um, uh, that uh, I'd... Uh, I think Leicester will be really confident. I think that they'll be looking at this and thinking, right, we, we can we can play our football. We can go on the front foot a little bit more. I don't. I, they they won't be boxing quite as clever as they were at um, at, at, at uh, the Emirates uh, last weekend. Um, I, I agree with you. It was a, it was a pretty hard watch if, from a from a Leicester City point of view. If I was a Foxes fan there, it was probably similar to when we went to the to, to Arsenal. We didn't really look like we were ever going to get anything out of it. But you know. It's a, the fact is that Leicester have got some really good players and players that traditionally do well against us. We know we don't really need to be reintroduced to James, James Madison. We know what a little shitbag he is, um, and you know we know that you know that Dewsbury Hall um, he played well um, against us for for Luton um, the last couple of years. Um, and you know Harvey Barnes, Casper uh, Smichael is, is obviously you know uh, cracking in goal on his day. Mark Albrighton and Vardy's sniffing back around uh, the team. So you know there's, there's still enough there. You know Iniacho, uh yeah, they, they've got they've got some good players. You know that's that's probably where their frustration comes from. On on paper, they they're w- way better um, than they they've been on in the results. Um, so you know, we've just got to hope that on their day. I mean, again, he he mentions that their their susceptibility from the um, from set pieces. Uh, that's something that Ericsson needs to be practicing. I'm sure he is as, as we speak. Um, so I'll, I'll take a point right this second. But I, you know, our, our tails are up. There's no reason why we can't go there with the right mindset. We haven't had the right mindset in away games recently. We can do that now. You know, obviously we had that mindset against Norwich, but it was a. This is a different proposition to Norwich. Leicester are a way better team, um, but we—I don't think we go box clever. I think we go on the front foot. It, it, it doesn't matter so much if we lose this one now. Um, it'll be a shame because we've really made progress. But I think if we—if we're brave, if we—if we create chances. And if Bumo is on his game, I think we get at least a point. I mean, let's just hark back. I mean, Jamie talked to it again about the game that we played against them at uh, New Griffin Park, which actually I think was probably the turning point of our season. And the reason why is that we played Chelsea the game before that. We battered Chelsea in the second half and we didn't get the result, but we all came away really happy. If you listened again to the post-match podcast of that match, all the fans are really happy that we lost 1-0 to Chelsea in the league and we absolutely hammered them. And all the pundits and everybody was there raving about Brentford saying how brilliant we were because even though we didn't beat Chelsea, we gave them a right good hiding. Leicester again, um, it wasn't the similar type of hiding, but we played... Uh, very well against them and or, or I think in, in patches or, or, or I think maybe in the first half and we should have again put had a couple of chances which we put away and we didn't put them away and then they scored a couple of worldy goals they saw some very good goals including I think I think Maritain scored the goal where he uh, he made sure that we knew in the West Stand that James Madison was there and he kind of uh, basically stuck two fingers up at us uh, when he scored that goal but 
they scored two goals, which is a bit of a sucker punch for us. But it wasn't only losing that, it was actually losing David Raya, who got injured in that game, but he played on. And you could see he was injured and he was kind of waving over the bench. But I think we'd used up all our subs by then, even though I'm not sure. Can you do a subkeeper? Maybe you can, I don't know. But anyway, he, he, he opted to play on. Now, whether or not him opting to play on maybe aggravated the injury, I don't know. But after that, we found out he was out. We thought he might be out for a game and he was out for four months. And that really affected our sides. It was a big turning point for our season. So, like I said, just harking back to that game, it was a bit of a gutter. Um, we maybe could have had them at some stage, but our, our team changed a lot after that. He's talking about you're talking about midfield. Um, um, Jamie talks about midfield a lot. It is going to be about who dominates the midfield. Our midfield changed a lot over the period that we had a lot of players out injured, but we're coming back to knowing. Um, who is going to be in midfield now and we've got Christian Eriksen but the question I'm going to ask you Laney is who is going to be in midfield with him was Josh De Silva who was uh, a red carded and is out for three games he's potentially back now um, so would you swap in Josh De Silva and if you would do who for good question mate um, we have got a we've got a wealth of talent now um, you know we, we spoke about it early on we, we, we're close to as strong as we were if not as strong as where we were at the start of the season without any injuries and now we have you know JDS back in the mix um, I'll probably put him on the bench and keep things unchanged if we if we can go unchanged for the third you know third third game on the trot I think that's that's uh, that's something we need to be aiming for consistency confident in our formation confident in who's doing what um, it, it's worked. Um, don't don't change it. I, I don't think we have to be clever and, and, and sw- swap it around. I think we go. We have to go toe to toe with with the foxes, and, and we we can do that with uh, with a team that started um, at Carrow Road and, and at Brentford last Saturday. So yeah, I I, I put Josh De Silva on the bench and just go completely unchanged. There's there's, there's no reason to unless there's any injuries. Um, I don't think there's any suspensions. Um, I, I think you know, yeah, unchanged. Okay. Mate. And, and interesting, you say that. Obviously, we switched to four at the back from our five at the back. Last time we played best Leicester, we had five at the back. So we got four at the back. We got Rico Henry and Christian Ayer in the in the full back positions, and Pontus Janssen and Ethan Pinnock in the centre back positions. He talked about actually, Jamie talked about them having their sixth in line centre back playing at one stage, and we also had Charlie Good, who was our sixth in line centre back playing at one stage as well. So the parallels are there in midfield. We got Christian Eriksen as well with. Uh, Christian, sorry, with well, Norgard, uh, CDM as well with Christian Eriksen and, and Vitali Janelt in the middle there as well. And then we've got Sergi Canos actually up playing up front and he had, a, he had a great game actually on Saturday, didn't he, Laney? Yeah, he did. Um, he, he, again, just in his comfort, we're not playing him out of position. So he, he was able to you know, look forward, not, not be worried about getting back, um, not having to put a silly... T- tackling, getting getting a yellow card, he could just literally concentrate on sticking out on the flank, waiting for someone to get the ball to him, and and going. Um, he put in a couple of really good crosses, one particularly uh, in the second half, which you know um, I think it was the one where um, Yanelt just literally um, put the ball on on top of the roof of the net. If he'd had been able to head that down, um, we take the lead 
from that cross. So, uh, yeah, just uh, it's, it's keeping it simple now. We, we haven't got to complicate it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Canos is, uh, is, is hopefully can finish the season with a real flourish. And, and just quickly on the other wing as well, Brian and Bumo. I mean, there is a, a, a few little words flying around out there about how he, in effect, is he, he's not really performing at the levels that he should be. Now, we've talked about Brian and Bumo quite a lot. Um, and we, we were always saying that Brian and Bumo is very young. And listen, he's still learning his game and he's got abundance of skill and uh, he should be putting the ball in the back of the net more. Um, but interesting, this article, because the thing is that you've got to realise that you're in the spotlight. You're in the spotlight and he's in the spotlight. But do you think that's fair, um, what has written about him and, and the thoughts about him? Do you think that puts more pressure on him or do you think that's just the way it is now when you're in the big boys league? Uh, it's the way it is now. We are in the big boys league. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the standards have to be sky high. Uh, it's okay for the first six months. Um, it's, it's okay for this season, I, I'd say, for him. But you know, we have to, we have to take that that step forward for next season. We we, we have to learn, and we've we've learned we've learned that if we do survive, it's going to be just about you know. Um, a couple of more defeats, and it would have been, it would have been a different story. Um, and I'm still not, I'm not, still not, you know, completely comfortable. But you know, let's be realistic. This team aren't going to lose the the next eight games like the blokes on the Burnley uh, commentary said. Um, so, Mumbumo uh, um, uh, he's, he's, has to has to perform at a higher level um, consistently. He has done it. Um, and he, he just he, he'll be disappointed he, he didn't have a good game Saturday it's a fact yeah. okay and just quickly I'm going to say Ivan Tony. right he had a brilliant game on Saturday he scored a couple of goals as well He it, it looks like textbook goal that he had Christian Eriksen I'm just wondering do you think that the Eriksen being in he's done the change of formation um, and, and, and putting Canos up front and just changing everything like that taking pressure off Tony, having to do everything has given him a new lease of life oh, absolutely you know it, it was the, it was the ingredient. It was the it was a situation that we were we knew with the right delivery. Uh, Ivan Tony was able to just concentrate on staying further forward. He didn't have to come back and and look for the ball. He he, he can literally just as long as he stays on side. As long as he can uh, be on the same wavelength. What he can do now is practice. Literally runs. He can, he, you know, patterns of play with Ericsson and the other midfielders and, and the other wide men. Now, just to concentrate on creating chances for Ivan Tony, he's proved that if you serve it up on a plate for him, he will put it away. So, you know, and that's what that's what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. You, you know, that's right. Just, just looking positive, just quickly. Just finishing up this, looking at this season now, just quickly, 5.30, as I said, they've got the bottom two teams as Norwich finishing on 24 points, Watford second bottom finishing on 30 points. They've got them at like 89 and 77% chance of relegation. Then after that, the teams they've got next are Burnley finishing on 33 points with uh, with, with third from bottom, Everton on 35 points, fourth from bottom, and Leeds on 35 points, fifth from bottom. And they've got them on 44%, 38% and 36%. Um, relatively 
um, on down for relegation. So it's almost like they're putting the battle between those three teams as well. I know that Jamie said that he's thinking that it's Leeds United, but he did also mention Everton as well. And then they've got Brentford after that on 41 points. Quite a big gap they've got between us and Leeds United. They've focused us to fin- on 41 points with 3% chance of relegation. Now, for me, I've, like I said, I keep going, I, I think it's all over. You know, I've said this one before. I didn't think we we're going to go down. And I think that this is it. Unless we have a catastrophe, I don't think it's really going to happen. But I think that's quite interesting. And for me... Everton is the team for me I'm actually thinking are in a lot of trouble because they've got a lot of bad vibes going on around that club so the, the game up at Everton could be quite interesting uh, listen look up listen look listen this is it's looking all good Brentford like I said to you in 14th and 15th place and you know at the moment now it's looking quite nice for us I'm just going to say just finishing off we've got this Leicester game coming on Sunday Laney we're going up there we're going to be there it's a shame that we can't have a bigger drink up as we normally would do but we'll still have a bit of a laugh but looking more on the pitch give us a score prediction Laney I'm going to go 1-1 draw mate Okay, you're going to go one-one draw. I'm going to go again two-nil. I want to say that I got the Leicester two-nil right, and I got the uh, I got the Norwich three-one right as well. So I'm on a bit of a roll. So I've got to, I've got to keep predicting the bees to win. Just quickly, Laney, I know that you've got a little bit of an appeal for Ukraine, don't you? Yep, I've had a, um, a, a message from a guy called John Barr, who's a lifelong Brentford fan. He's a fireman at the Fourbridge Fire Station in Ashford, uh, Surrey. Um, he's written in to say that uh, the Fourbridge fire station is going to be used as a collection point for donations uh, for Ukraine um, and they'll be delivering them um, out to the, the, the Polish-Ukrainian border so um, brilliant brilliant gesture there from Brentford fan John Barr and the uh, the, uh, the Ashford fire station so um, we'll be tweeting a little bit more information um, and um, tweeting all everything you need to know to be able to go and drop off and I, I guess there will be information about what they need rather than you taking down Brentford programs and stuff I think there's uh, I think there I, th- <laughs> I think it will be you know targeted um, you know aid food uh, you know nappies sanitary products nappies. and all that kind of stuff yeah 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 so yeah, um, look at look on beside and well done to John and uh, all the firemen for, for doing that definitely just quickly Laney, international break this week so next week's going to be international break and a lot of people actually like to take a bit of time out I'm going to I'm actually going to both the England games in that international week as well but the question I'm asking is the England game Laney the, t- the squad hasn't been announced as yet do you think Ivan Tony might make an appearance uh, I don't unfortunately no I, I, I'd, I'd love it you know we, we spoke about it earlier on the season didn't we and it, it again it would be a brilliant way to finish the season but he's, he's the highest scoring Englishman in the, in the Premier League at the moment so you know why not and he scored more goals than Ronaldo even you know what I'm saying yeah so uh <laughs> so let's see let's just watch this space when we come back in this time we're going to find out like you know sort of 3,000 Brentford fans have piled down to Wembley to buy tickets at the last minute to go and see Ivan Tony sit on the bench and then come off in the last minute to score a penalty don't forget the fake bees we'll be playing them uh, in a cup final the Middlesex cup final at Hampton on the Tuesday the 12th of April so you can buy your tickets in advance I'm sure for that one and also you can just pop down there and go and see them uh, the fake bees playing the real bees uh, fake bees are Barnet if you don't know who they are they're fake they think they're real bees but they're not they're absolutely fake bees but we're playing them in the cup final so that'll be quite interesting as well anyway so listen this has been the be sorted pride of west london podcast don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and also don't forget to write us a review 
and we're very happy and we'll read them out in a few weeks time buy us a beer international break don't forget to buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer thanks for everybody who's bought us a beer as well if we're meeting up with you on Sunday for a few drinks before the game we'll meet up with you and all the lesser chums and everything like that looking forward to it but like I said I believe we're very happy two weeks in a row we'll make it three in as well we've already good come on you bees come on you bees you bees you bees you bees and Lester Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.